0: want to preach to you tonight is that you don't have to die lost. There's a God in heaven that's looking for you tonight. And there's a church on earth that's looking for you tonight. Somebody has formed a search party and they're seeking after you. They're on their knees praying for you. They're shedding tears for you. They're pushing back plates for you. And they're concerned about you because they don't want you to die lost. And friend, whenever we can find you and bring you to an altar of repentance and preach you under conviction, not only is there going to be rejoicing in heaven, but there's going to be rejoicing in the house of God.
1: This is CPC Vault. In the back Determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, for they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Keep verse Acts 2, 46 and 47. And they continually, daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The thought, the lesson, a glimpse of the early church seized it on his knees. Everybody say on his knees. Everybody say on our knees. Prayer and praise stood central in his daily ongoing life. Let's lift our hands. Let's thank God most of all for his presence. God, we thank you right now for your sweet presence. We're so so honored, God, and so blessed that you're so mindful of us that we can feel what we feel in this service. We know that you're here, God. We thank you for the reading of your word today. Knowing our pastor, God, as he comes and teaches to us today. Open up our hearts, God, and our minds that we can receive your word. Speak to us, God, and anoint him in the name of Jesus. And everybody say, God, bless our pastor. In Jesus' name. Praise God.
0: Thank you, Brother Paul. and Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be back in the Lord's house on the Lord's day and learn a little more of him and worship him. Today we're talking about a subject that everybody knows about, and nobody does enough of, including myself. Uh, We just don't do enough of it, but we're going to talk about prayer. Everybody say prayer. They used to say that uh, prayer was offered before every session of Congress. I don't know if they still do that or not, since they took it out of schools and so forth. I don't know if they still pray in Congress or not, but apparently, all their prayers begin with "Now lay my body down to sleep," <laughs> because I feel like that's probably why we're we're at, we're at now as a nation, and we're we're in bad shape spiritually. We're in bad shape. Luke eleven and one says, "And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place." when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us of our sins, as we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. How many here this morning believe in prayer? You believe God actually hears prayer. Is anybody here this morning that's ever had a prayer answered? A lot of witnesses here. If you've never experienced that, I'm here to tell you that that prayer works and that God hears prayer. He certainly does, and he answers prayer. I read a story about a, a small Oklahoma town that had two churches and one distillery. The distillery is a place where they make brew, and uh, members of both churches complained about the distillery giving uh, uh, the community a bad image. And to make matters worse, the owner of the distillery was an atheist. He didn't even believe in God. And so the church people had tried for years, unsuccessfully, to get him to shut this distillery down. So they decided to join together, the two churches joined together, and uh, have a joint Saturday night prayer meeting. And they was going to ask God to intervene and settle the matter. The church folks gathered on a Saturday night, and that particular night, there was a horrible thunderstorm. And to the delight of the both church members, uh, lightning hit the old brewery, and it burned to the ground. Sounds like an answer to prayer, don't it? And, uh, of course, the next morning, both pulpits pits was Pounding with the power of prayer. They, 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 both preachers, both pastors preaching about the power of prayer. Well, to make matters worse, the insurance adjusters uh, promptly notified the distillery owner that uh, they were not going to pay for the damages since it was an act of God. And that was included in, uh, uh, in the policy. Well, the distillery owner got furious so he sued both churches claiming that they had conspired with God and destroyed his business. Both churches denied they had anything to do with his distillery being destroyed. Now, the presiding judge opened the trial with these remarks he said I find one thing in this this case that's most perplexing. We have a situation where the plaintiff an atheist is professing his belief in the power of prayer. And we have the defendants, church members, denying that same power. <laughs> that's all man. Well, I believe in prayer, and uh, sometimes I believe we've got to put legs on our prayer. Uh, prayer, sometimes without some shoe leather, don't go very far. But I do know that sometimes Christians pray for certain things, and then they're, they're surprised when God does them. And you you need to really be careful what you pray because God may take you serious. You know, the Supreme Court has rejected prayer in public schools and forbids invocation at school activities, but but prayer is just communion with God. And I, I told Representative Johnson one day, just joking around, I said, I don't know, something come up about prayer in school and legislation. And I said, well, you know, uh, I said prayer will never be eradicated just from school. I don't care what kind of legislation they pass. I said, as long as there's test, there'll be prayer. <laughs> he told me later he had a chance to tell a bunch of legislators that same little story. As long as there's prayer, test, there'll be prayer. But you today, Published a survey shows that 78% of Americans support prayer in school. Now, why is it that 78% of our population supports prayer in school, yet the, the government can take prayer out of school? That, that, that shows us where we are. We're not a free nation. We're not as free as they make us think we are. Two men were walking one day, and one guy challenged his buddy saying, if, if you're so religious, he said, let me hear you quote the Lord's Prayer. He said, I'll bet you $10 you can't do it. And so the other guy responded, he started praying. He said, now I lay my body down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. First guy pulled out his billfold and handed him $10 and Says, I didn't think you could do it. <laughs> I'm glad I know the Lord's prayer. Now, I want you to notice something about the disciples here. They didn't ask Jesus how to preach, teach them how to preach. They didn't ask Jesus to teach them how to teach, but they recognized they needed help with prayer, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And uh, it's one thing to read a prayer. It's one thing to deliver prayer, but it's something else to know how to pray know how to pray. You don't you don't have to have a bible language to pray. You don't have to get in a certain tone and start saying thee and thou and so forth. There's one th- one key ingredient to prayer, is you've got to be sincere. And if you're sincere, you have God's attention. I don't care if you murder the king's english. If you're sincere, you have God's attention. Prayer is more than simply asking God for things. Prayer is not an attempt to force the hand of God, but it's, it's an act of submission to him. You submit to him. You become submissive to him. And uh, Prayer is an opportunity and a privilege. There's no magic in a prayer. Mechanical recitation is empty and meaningless. You know, Jesus even made a statement in Matthew 6, 17, said not keep keep babbling like pagans who think they are heard because of their uh, repetitious prayers. Uh, If you pray an hour, that's wonderful if you're praying. But if you're just saying the same thing over and over and over, You're not praying. God's not interested in a time clock. I've heard a lot of people, I say a lot, I've heard some people that they really took pride in the fact that they prayed an hour a day or two hours a day and they wanted everybody to know it. Let me tell you what, they already got their glory when they started telling about it. The Bible says we're supposed to enter our closet and pray. And if we'll enter a closet, that's where nobody knows about it. And there's nothing wrong with going to prayer rooms, and I encourage you to go. But if you're just going to be seen, you're wasting your time. God's not interested in that. He's interested in you communing with him, talking with him, being sincere with him. And you need to do that all the time, everywhere you go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I have had some of my greatest experiences with God. So, some of my greatest experiences behind the steering wheel. I've had God's presence to come so mightily in a vehicle more than I've ever felt him in the church. I've felt God's presence on a deer stand before. Now, you can say what you want, but there's something about being out there before daylight and, and day begin to break and the, the, the animal kingdom starts waking up, and the birds starts chirping and the squirrels start barking and, and, and it, it's just something about it that you, you, it's hard to see all of this and, and, and not realize, hey, there's a God. I, I don't see how an atheist can look up in the heavens and see the stars twinkling and, and not believe in God. I don't see how an atheist can watch a sun come up in the morning. It's so accurate that man can predict the exact time that it's going to rise, and they can predict the exact time it's going to go down. God's precise. You know why the sun comes up and goes down? To us it does. Now, we know the world is turning. The sun is stationary everybody knows that huh <laughs> I've seen the time people would argue with that but you know uh if, if man would have just believed this book and studied this book they would understand that, that the that the earth rotates matter of fact man didn't believe that the earth was round until what 1400s They thought it was flat. You know what that tells me? They weren't studying the Word of God because the prophet Isaiah said hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before the world was ever discovered to be round, he said, talk about he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. Talking about God. If they would have just listened to the teaching of Jesus, they would have known the earth was round because Jesus, talking about his second coming, he said, two's going to be in the field. One will be taken, one will be left. Two shall be in bed, one shall be taken. One." What was he telling us? That some part of the world is going to be daylight, some part of the world is going to be night. But They just didn't pay attention. He knew because he made it. That's the God that we serve and pray to. The God that knows all things. There's things that man has not even discovered yet. God already knows about it. And that's the God that we pray to. Praise God. Well, glory. So they asked the Lord, teach us to pray. He he did not, they did not say teach us a prayer, but teach us to pray. And we need to learn to know how to pray. people think prayer is like a prayer chute. They're glad it's there, but they hope they never have to use it. (laughs) But I'm telling you, prayer is a privilege. There shouldn't be a day go by that you don't talk with God. Did you know every breath that you breathe, he's given it to you? Let me tell you something. Did you know that when you were born, the first breath you took, God knew exactly right then how many breaths you were going to breathe throughout your life? He knew the first one you took, and he knows when the last one's going to be. Well, they'd recognize there was something about different about the way he prayed, and they wanted him to teach them. Now, that day that he gave the Lord's Prayer, uh, it was not a sacred formula that was to be repeated, but it was to be a pattern. It's a pattern. The Lord's Prayer is a pattern. He didn't intend for us just to just say that over and over and over, and that be our prayer. It's the pattern. If you'll notice something unique, that prayer is kind of like a sandwich, and all of our prayers should be like a sandwich it starts out with praise to God and in the middle there is inserted some particular needs and then it ends with praise with God some of our prayers people pray it's just all all meat and no bread it's all requests it's all about me it's nothing about him but you need to give him as much glory and praise and honor as you're praying for your own needs prayer is god-centered Don't ever forget that. Prayer is God-centered, not me-centered. It highlights the primacy of God. Notice that in this prayer, Jesus didn't say anything about the posture. Because in the Bible, we find that people prayed when they were kneeling. They prayed when they were sitting. They prayed when they were standing. They prayed when they were laying face down. The position of the body has nothing to do with prayer. Nothing. I mean, you can sit right there, brother Paul, and pray. Somebody, one fella says, "Yeah." I said, "I know position don't mean anything." He said, "The best, the most, the best prayer I ever prayed, the hardest prayer I ever prayed." He said, "I was standing on my way head." And somebody said, "Standing on your head." I said, what was you doing praying on your head? He said, "I fell in a well." prayed hanging upside down one time. And you know what? God answered that prayer. (laughs) Because if he hadn't, I wouldn't be here today. My life depended on God answering that prayer. God-centered. He doesn't dictate the place where you could pray. Some people think they can't pray less than the church house. This is just a building. I've actually heard some people, I could hardly wait to get to the church so I could pray. My God, if I had to wait till I got to church to pray, I'd be in bad shape. <laughs> it's a good place to pray. Don't get me wrong. This is a good place to pray. But, but did you know that the whole world is the temple to the Christian? You can talk to God anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Come on now, I'm talking about prayer. You can talk to God and commune with God anywhere, anyplace, anytime. Praise God. The world is our temple. The manner in which you pray is not important. Uh, You you don't have to get that prayer attitude, that prayer voice tone and, and, and all of that. Uh, prayer is fitting any time under any circumstances. We can go to church and pray, but we can also find the that church within ourselves. We, we are portable sanctuaries. You know that, huh? We're the temple. Know you not that your body is the temple, temple of the Holy Ghost? I'm a portable sanctuary. Everywhere I go is a temple. Everywhere I go is a sanctuary. Everywhere I go, God goes with me. God's right there. I can talk to him any place, any time. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's okay to pray while you're driving. I said I've, I've had some of the greatest experiences while behind the steering wheel, but it's okay to pray while you're driving, but keep your eyes open. You know, the Bible does say watch and pray. Sometimes I'm traveling with some of the guys, maybe going somewhere and we'll stop and get a hamburger, drive through, you know, and get back out on the road. And if I'm driving, I'll say, You pray and I'll watch (laughs) before we eat. That makes sense, don't it? I believe God intends for us to be have common sense. So easy to live for God. Some people try to make it so hard. It's so easy to live for God. It's just as simple as everyday living. Praise God. Praying is no different than brushing your teeth. You do something you do. It's something you do every day. You need to talk to God every day. If you don't brush your teeth, your breath's going to stink. If you don't pray, your attitude's going to stink. Your spirit's going to stink. So you need to pray every day. Every day. You need to repent every day. You need to talk to God every day. You need to refresh in your spirit with God every day. You need to repent every day. Notice the Lord's prayer is all about repentance and forgiving. My Lord, if you don't repent every day and forgive every day, you're going to stink to high heaven. Some people come to church and their, their attitude stinks. Their spirit stinks. You know why? They ain't been praying. Because if they'd been praying like the Lord told them to, they'd have been repenting and they'd have been forgiving. Matthew Henry wrote these words, and I like them. He said, prayer is the key to the a.m. and the bolt to the p.m. Now, if you didn't catch that, what he's saying, that prayer is what unlocks the door in the morning and it closes the door for safety at night. Let me say it again. Prayer is the key to the a.m. and the bolt to the p.m. We live in a God-conscious state. That's what we're supposed to do, recognizing the presence of God around us. We're always open to a channel of communication with our Lord. Do you think the Lord only speaks to us when we're in church? No, he speaks to us all the time. He will if we listen. And, 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 and you never know, you know, we stay in the right attitude of prayer Things that happen, circumstances that happen, helps us to face those things with the right attitude. The little boy was standing around watching this preacher. He was a cat, the preacher was a cabinet maker, and his little boy was watching him work one day. And the preacher was amazed at how attentive to this little boy was watching him. He says, "He says, son says, uh, you intend on being a cabinet maker when you grow up? I noticed you standing here watching me very closely." little boy said, oh, no, sir. said, I just wanted to see what a preacher does when he hits his finger with a nail, hammer. (laughs) The Lord's prayer is a blueprint. It's a flexible model. It's not a rigid formula. Notice he said in Matthew 6, he said, and after this manner, therefore you pray. And he quoted the Lord's prayer. He introduced the prayer. Not by saying, pray this way. He said, pray like this. Don't pray this way, but pray like this. Now, the Lord's Prayer contains several petitions. Three of those petitions are called the Thy Petitions because in the King James Version, they begin with the word Thy. They are Thy name be hallowed, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. Those are the Thy Petitions, And then the four of those petitions are the us petitions. Give us, forgive us, keep us, and lead us. Give us this bread. Give us the day our daily bread. Forgive us for sins. Lead us not into temptation. Keep us from all deliverance, all temptation. When we approach God, we approach God with tenderness. Can you say amen? In heaven, Jesus reminds us that we're not approaching a heavenly father, but are uh, uh, not approaching an earthly father, but the heavenly father. And uh, our our heavenly father, we we address him as Father. Everybody say Father. You know the gospel records the use of the Father more than sixty times in reference to God. In the Old Testament, he's only referred to Father fourteen times. The Old Testament way much bigger than the New Testament, but only 14 times in the Old Testament does God referred to His Father, but in the New Testament, over 60 times in 27 books, uh, chapters. Galatians 4 and 6, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his Son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Town said this. He said the effect of prayer is not measured about how loud you pray or how long you pray or even if you say the words of the Lord's Prayer again and again in repetition fashion. Uh, your prayer will be effective only when you are sincere. And we've already mentioned that. We approach him with reverence. Hallowed be thy name. Give God a little credit before you start petitioning him for things. First of all, you need to recognize who he is. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must believe that he is, that he is, that he is, not that he was or will be, but he is. God is. He's God right now. This very second, he's God, all-powerful, all-knowing, almighty. Ha, huh, man, that ought to put us on our feet shout! And to think that the God that we're serving is right now, we're not just studying history this morning. We're studying present tense. We're not studying just the future. We're talking about a God of now, a healer right now, a deliverer right now, a savior right now.
1: Praise God!
0: This very second, He's all of that. He can do it all. He's Almighty. Woo. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thy kingdom come. We want his will done on earth. Can you say amen? You know, Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. We can learn a lot by just studying the life of Christ. There was a Puritan minister named William Grunahl who said, and I quote, when people do not care what God speaks to them in his word, God does little mind to what they say to him in prayer. You're wasting your breath praying if you don't recognize this as the Word of God above everything else. This is above the Constitution of the United States of America. This is above any law that man can ever pass. The Word of God forever settled in heaven. We can trust this book. If the, this book says he's a healer, he's a healer. If it says he's a deliverer, he's a deliverer. If he says the Holy Ghost is for you, I don't care what preachers say, the Holy Ghost is for you. You know, there, here 50 years ago, they was telling everybody the Holy Ghost was just for the disciples, the early church. The Bible says, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, even as many as our Lord God shall call. So it's for everybody. Everybody says for everybody. And we need to be humble when we pray. Man, you always stay humble. Don't Never approach God with pride. God resisteth the proud. He turns you off immediately. I heard a a preacher say one time, and it just kind of made my blood run cold. He said, I told God. You don't tell God nothing. We, um, We approach him with humbleness. You think everybody prays, but everybody don't. Now, sinners pray. They pray to win the lottery. Criminals pray for a lenient judge. Christians ought to pray. The Bible said about the early church, they prayed and the house was shook, was shaken. I preached a, a funeral service here a while back for a young man that was murdered, shot several times with a, I think it was a, seven-millimeter pistol, once in the back, pumped toes all through him, 20-something years old. And uh, I understand he was trying to protect his sister from her ex-husband. But after the end of the service and after the funeral service, graveside service, I went to this sister. She had a little baby on her hip. And I said, uh, we're going to be praying for you. And she said, It's no use. I don't believe in prayer. Brother Paul standing right, I said, What do you say? She said, It's no use. I don't believe in prayer. And somebody grabbed her and kind of shook her a little bit. But I come this close to saying, Well, sister, you will believe in prayer. There are going to come a day you will believe in prayer. Because let me tell you what, they pray in hell. A lot of praying going on in hell. Hell is full of prayer. There's more praying going on in hell than there is in the church. And more sincere praying. They're petitioning God constantly. But you know what God said in Proverbs, the first chapter, he said, because you would not heed or yield when I called you, then I'm not going to hear you when you pray. When calamity comes, I'm not going to hear you. (sighs) Pray. God answers prayer. We shouldn't be like the lady that told her office people she worked with she was going on a diet. And the next day she showed up with a double chocolate cream cake. And somebody asked her, said, "Uh, is that on your diet? And she said, Oh, it was God's will for me to have this cake. She said, I saw it in a bakery window, and I prayed, and I said, Lord, if it's your will, let there be a parking place right in front of that bakery. And she said, The tenth time around, there it was. <laughs> Sometimes we give God credit for things he didn't really do. Just like we give the devil credit for things he didn't really do. In, in Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, the first chapter, we find a unique situation where a man was, was told that he could ask God for anything he wanted and it would be granted. You, you remember the story about Solomon? Now, what, what, what if God would tell you I'm going to give you one petition to one prayer. What is it you want? Something about it. I know what some of you are going to say automatically. Oh, $10 million (laughs) or a million dollars. But Solomon didn't pray for himself. He didn't petition the Lord. He just said, Lord, I I want you to let me have wisdom that I can judge your people. What an unselfish prayer. Sometimes our prayers can be Totally selfish. Sometimes I wonder if God doesn't get sick of hearing our little selfishness attitude in prayer. Oh, got quiet on out of here. Not one amen on that. <laughs> but prayer should not just be self-centered. Don't ever let your prayers turn self-centered. And it's all right to pray for things that you need help with, but uh, don't let it just be selfishness. Remember, we're supposed to forgive. To get our debts forgiven, we got to be forgiven of others. And, and, brother, sin can be a heavy debt. And if we want to get rid of that, we need to pray for others and forgive others. Did you know Luke 6, 28 says, pray for those, pray for those, pray for those that spitefully use you. That's that's saying a whole lot, isn't it? I I know how we pray. Strike them, Lord. (laughs) Let lightning hit them. We ought to pray with, Forgiveness. You should pray. Lead us not into temptation. You know, uh, we're given trials not to just bring us down, but they're to test test our faithfulness. Now, let me let me tell you something. God does not tempt people. He will allow. Satan to tempt you, but God does not tempt you. Notice James 1 and 3, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. And when we pray, Lord, uh, lead us not in temptation, let me tell you something, God will never lead you into something that he doesn't plan to get you out of. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great? 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation hath overtaken you except such as common to man, but God is faithful. Everybody say God is faithful. Let's say that again. God is faithful. Let's holler it real loud. God is faithful. Let's say it loud enough the devil hears us. God is faithful. He's faithful. You can depend on him. You can count on him. You can trust him because he's faithful. Hallelujah. He's not going to let you down. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you're able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That you may be able to bear it. Somebody said one time, said he may not take away your your load, but if you don't take away your load, he'll strengthen your back where you can bear the load. But he's not going to put more on you than what you can bear. I look at the EB sitting back here, and everybody knows the the things that they've been through. If they're not yet, they're going to be stronger than they've ever been. That they're here is a is a testimony to their strength. Deliver us. Now, just because we pray and because God answers prayers, that don't mean life don't happen. Life does happen. If I cross the street without looking, I could get run over. Even though I have the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of things in life I don't understand. I do know when we get to heaven, we'll understand it all. Because right now, we're just seeing through a glass darkly. We're seeing through a glass darkly. Brother Stokes is not here this morning, but I'm going to tell this. When he lost his 47-year-old son with a heart attack, And, and he was praying, and he didn't understand, uh, his son just got back in church for a few years and was singing and uh, d- doing real good, and just died of a heart attack. And he both folks questioned God, and it's not wrong to question God. Did you know that Jesus questioned the Spirit on the cross, "My God, My God, why hast Thou forsaken me?" And he he questioned the Lord, and the Lord made this statement. He said, would you rather have seen your son live to be an old man and die lost or would you rather see him go now and die saved? Brother Stokes said from that day on he never questioned God about it again because God knows what he's doing. We're so helpless, aren't we? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. We, we're, we're so helpless. and I, I'm running out of time. You know, when we rely on education, we get what education can do. When we rely on skill, we get what skills can do. When we rely on technology, we get what technology can do. When we rely on organization, we get what organization can do. But when we, we rely on prayer, we get what God can do. Hallelujah. I'm just going to skip a lot of this. From the Roman history comes the story of a Roman emperor in his chariot as part of a parade, cheering people lined the streets while the legionnaires were stationed to keep the people at a safe distance. The emperor's family sat on a platform, watched him go by in all of his pride and position. And as the emperor came near to the place where his family was stationed, a young boy jumped from the platform burrowed his way through the crowd and tried to dodge the, one of the soldiers who conquered him, caught him, and stopped him and said, you can't go near the emperor. And the little boy laughed and said, he may be your emperor, but he's my father. And, of course, the father with a smile on his face, opened his arms, and accepted his son in the chariot. To the world, he's just God. But to all those that have been born again, he's our father. Praise God. To the world, they're separated with a distance. But to us, we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Praise God. Hmm, Let's stand together ask the musicians to come. A man's daughter had asked a local pastor to go by and see her and pray for the father. And when he got there, he found the man laying in a bed with his head propped up on two pillows, and beside his bed was an empty chair. And the pastor assumed that the old man had been informed of his coming visit, and said, "I guess, I guess you were expecting me." And the old man said, "No." Said, "Who are you?" He said, oh, "I'm one of the new pastors here in town." Said, "Your daughter had asked me to come by. I saw the empty chair, and I..." I figured you knew I was coming, and the old man said, oh, yeah, the chair said, would you mind closing the door? The pastor shut the door. And he said, I've never told nobody this, not even my daughter, but said all my life I've never known how to pray. And uh, at church I used to hear the pastor talk about prayer and always went right over my head. He said, I abandoned any attempt to prayer. Until one day about four years ago, my best friend said to me, Joe, prayer is just as simply as having a conversation with Jesus. Here's what I suggest. He said, sit down on a chair and place an empty chair in front of you and in faith see Jesus in that chair. And he said, it's not spooky. He said, because the Lord promised I'll always be with you. And of course, he'll listen to you too. He said, I tried it and I liked liked it so much that I did it for, got to be a couple hours a day. I'd set a chair in front of me and I'd just talk to that chair, picturing Jesus in that chair. He said, if my daughter saw me talking to an empty chair, said she would think I was having a nervous breakdown, and send me off to the funny farm. The pastor was moved by the story and encouraged the fellow to continue that. And... uh Pastor had prayer and went back to church. Two nights later, the the daughter called the pastor and said that her dad had died that afternoon, and uh, said that he died in peace. The pastor asked, "Was everything okay?" Said, "Yes." When I left the house around two, said uh, he called me over to his bedside and told me one of his corny jokes and kissed me on the neck and said, "When I get back from the store, an hour later, said I found him dead and." He said, there was something strange. He said, in fact, beyond strange, kind of weird. He said, just before daddy died, he leaned over and rested his head on a chair beside the baby. Prayer works. And I'm glad that we got a God that we can lean on. And we can trust in
1: Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Church, Or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.